0: Uh, real quick I, I was just just for a little bit of advice for our listeners out there um, my therapist told me the other day when you're when you're dealing with high levels of stress just talk about david
1: Harbor. would it be so bad if an 84 year old got into heroin welcome to the cat organizational podcast You idiot! It's written down in front of you, you
0: idiot! This is like the buffalo chicken wrap of answers.
1: I haven't heard about hot orcs in a while. We were so horny for motion controls in 2005. I can't wait to come
2: back and tell you how it was Noah's Ark, you asshole.
1: I would also like to retroactively say I've never had cotton candy acid. So Andrew's 100% doing a voice, right?
3: Everybody get off
0: IMDB now. Time to record.
1: This episode and probably this whole, this whole podcast is a mistake.
2: Hello, and welcome to Debate This, the show where no one is right, but someone is definitely wrong. In this show, we talk about comic books, video games, and pretty much anything that may spark joy in these weird, dark times.
3: There are not Which, many things that do spark
2: joy in these weird, dark times. no. no. You know, when we record things, I typically think like, "Is this going to be topical when the, this episode drops?" And I think it will. I think that this could be this could be recorded anytime between March and probably oh, August. August, <laughs> and it's still going to be topical. Yeah, yeah. Um, following up on what was a thorough deep dive that Kyle led us into over the MCU and Disney Plus a few weeks back, which. Now, all those dates don't mean anything to anyone. Oh, man. What a waste (laughs) of time that was.
0: We're going to put that one back in the proverbial Disney vault.
2: Yeah. um, We're going to re release it just with Kyle very flatly repeating the new release dates whenever we talk about it. Yeah. Winter
1: Soldier comes out November 4th. Like,
2: (laughs) in every. Well, the reality is that that Black Widow was the next coming movie, and its May 1st release date is now pushed back to November 6th. So, in a world where the only certainty that we now have is that I will not wear real pants today, tomorrow, or for the foreseeable future, we here at Debate This, we want to help calm you by talking about David Harbour, or at least his character in Black Widow. And, <laughs> this is now and the, the Dave team. Harbour cast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we're going to talk about uh, David Harbor's character in the Black Widow, and uh, more specifically the team that he is part of in the Marvel Universe, the Winter Guard.
0: Uh, real quick, I, I was just, just for a little bit of advice for our listeners out there. Um, my therapist told me the other day, when you're when you're dealing with high levels of stress, just talk about David Harbor. That's, <laughs> that's what I've been just, told to do. Just
1: hearing his name has uh, yeah has heart heart yeah. rate lowering properties.
0: When I'm on calls with clients and things are getting pretty pretty feisty, <laughs> I just talk. I just take a pause. I take a beat. And we talk about David Harbour for just like a second. Just like
1: a second. Well, now I have two things before we dive in. One, yeah. Todd, what do you define as real pants?
2: Um, I've worn a belt once in the past five weeks. Good. Um, um, and that was only because my wife and I okay. walked somewhere to go pick up breakfast. And I had been wearing the same pair of sweatpants for about three days. And then I put those <laughs> same sweatpants on when we got back. Good.
1: Um, right on. Mm-hmm. Two. <laughs> What version of David Harbour does everyone picture when when they need to picture David Harbour to calm down?
3: Uh, As of Monday, I now picture David Harbour (laughs) from shitty Seth Rogen movie, The Green Hornet, in which David Harbour is in. Is he in The Green Hornet? Yep, I didn't know until Monday, but he is. Before he
0: he was Dave Harbour, he was just another guy. Now
3: I picture a very young and very schmarmy Dave Harbour from shitty Seth Rogen movie, The Green Hornet. All right.
2: Um, my my Dave Harbor is probably always going to be, um, it, probably from Stranger Things to to begin with, mm-hmm. like season one. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I like I like yeah. grizzled stepdad Dave Harbor, um, from the latest season where he's like trying
1: to keep uh eleven fed with but like still be a reasonable adult. I was gonna say that's that's the one I picture is like like mustache like four day old five o'clock shadow past pastel yeah. David Harbor.
0: Yeah, his his outfit changes constantly in my mind, but his shirt is always smaller than his belly. Yes,
1: (laughs) that's
0: that's that's a that's a staple.
1: The protruding beer gut is um, important. Yeah. All right. Well, now that we've gotten that very
3: self-servicing bit out of the way, I also needed to talk about David Harbour today. Uh, We're changing up the format a little bit. And Todd and I are co-hosting this episode because the last few weeks have left us with some extra Wikipedia time. And we've used this time to dig a little deeper than what we're probably going to see in the Black Widow movie. Now, with the future of the MCU shrouded in a bit of mystery, we decided to divulge some of this deep knowledge to you, the listener, in the hopes of satiating your insatiable Marvel hunger. If you came here looking for more information about Marvel characters you know and love, don't hold your breath. But if you came here to learn about a superhuman man bear, then you're in the
1: right place. Superhuman man-bear? That was my nickname <laughs> in college. Sign <laughs> me up. <laughs> he's he's a man and a bear and a pig. He's a man bear pig.
2: Did any of you watch the Drew Carey show growing up? I watched some no? of the Drew Carey show. Sorry, this is gonna be this is gonna be topical it's because too, the it's, way that
1: Matt was too young for it. For sure. <laughs> there, like yeah. I was a little too young for it. Matt was way too young for it. I think Todd might have
0: been too young for the no, Drew Carey show. No, I watched show. the shit out nah, of it. I watched. Oh. I watched every episode. Also, that, I'm 43
2: years old. <laughs> Did um. you guys retire in
3: 1998?
2: <laughs> I. The reason yeah. why I asked is the way that Kyle said, uh, the way that that Kyle said, "Superhuman Man Bear." It was kind of the same inflection as the episode where Drew Carey says, "Pizza," and then his crotch explodes <laughs> because he suddenly has a boner. Um, and that joke is out there for like five people so
1: yeah i love that bit um my no no joke my nickname in high school was Bear. Nice. my friends believing me to turn into a bear under the full moon
0: my nickname in high school was gramps so to answer your question matt
1: yes <laughs> andrew has always been this old yes good lord
3: uh well comrades today todd and i have invited kyle napasoshik harper and Andrew Vasha Zdorvra Henderson to be a captive.
0: My my favorite brands of filtered water.
3: (laughs) Damn it. Um, (laughs) To be a captive audience as we talk at them about the Russian version of the Avengers. There's probably a joke to be made about vodka here. Are our middle names not two brands of vodka? Uh they aren't. They're they are Russian drinking terms specifically about vodka. So um, So I wasn't <laughs> far off. No. No, no. the joke about vodka was in us the whole time. Um, uh, <laughs> we the we would have also accepted Bond villains. Yeah. Uh, I, I need to first apologize for not knowing any Cyrillic, but I only have one friend who speaks fluent Russian and I don't think she listens to this podcast. But Kyle, yours means for a walking stick. And Andrew, yours means for your health. I don't know why for your health is so much longer than for your walking stick. I don't have that much information about the Russian language. Good. Interesting. Uh, Before we jump in, Andrew and Kyle, since Todd and I have done a ton of research about the Winter Guard, do you want to give us the rundown on how much you know about the Winter Guard before we get started? Yeah, I'll start. Matt. Andrew. What is
0: the Winter Guard?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Noted. Thank you. Kyle. Kyle um i i have a, a bit more information in that it's it's the russian avengers it's not the british avengers and it's not the some other country's avengers but the russian avengers got it
3: okay uh well that i think is a great segue into the first part of this podcast which i have titled what is the winter guard Perfect. <laughs> Please, star wipe on the slide.
1: Oh, Canada! <laughs> Canada's the other country with their own Avengers. It's Canada, Britain, and Russia.
3: Is that the A Force? Uh, Alpha sure. Flight.
1: Alpha, Alpha Flight. Yeah. A Force is the all women Avengers. Movie. Yeah.
3: I do not know what
1: what Team Britain
3: is. I assume it's just Team Britain. Um,
2: British Avengers. <laughs> the
3: the, the Pip Pip
1: Cheerios. <laughs> well, br- so Britain Britain has Sword, which is like yeah. their counterpart to Shield. And then Kyle Avengers, some... not Pokemon. Stop. I am, <laughs> I have restarted Pokemon sword, but that's not what I'm talking about. Sword is like the interdimensional version of shield, but also just here on earth and is in Britain. That's well, all I got. <laughs> we're not talking about swords or Britain today. We are talking about the winter guard. So without further
3: ado, the winter guard is described by She-Hulk in volume two, number thirty four uh russia's answer for the avengers so you were right andrew yeah Uh, kyle whomever
0: that wasn't me (laughs)
2: me. sorry
3: sorry no credit to andrew kyle you did a good job (laughs) the winter guard is the current super team working under the russian government but they are not the first team to work under the russian government and that is important to know uh because marvel comics have been around since like 40s and 50s which means that marvel comics were printed during the time of the ussr and post the fall of the ussr so in marvel canon there are super teams that worked under the soviet union and then super teams that came to be after the soviet union fell so the winter guard is the current russian super team but they are not the first Uh, there are four other russian super teams to be aware of or that are worth being aware of the first And the one that gets talked about the most is the Soviet super soldiers. They worked for the USSR and the allies of the Warsaw Pact. So the Soviet super soldiers include the founder and leader of the group, whose name is Professor Phobos. Um, He's (laughs) yeah. Yeah. The names aren't great. Um, He's sort of a cross between like a Professor X and kind of like a Bane type. He really likes to not uh,
0: not not be a
3: part of things.
2: I don't get it.
0: Uh, you're out there on
2: your own. No one's here to is, help you.
0: It's, <laughs> like, it's like FOMO. Fobo. No. Oh. I,
1: I think I got what you were getting oh, at, but no. Is that what you were going for? That, yep. that did not land. Nope. Went over my got head. Got it.
3: I'll, uh, I'll <laughs> edit some claps in there for you. Uh, <laughs> some crickets. Some crickets. Anyway, so you've got your founder, Professor Phobos. Um His thing is that he siphons the powers away from mutants to power his own power um but it's not super specific about how why or what his power is um just that he siphons powers from mutants and usually kills them uh the next one you have is mikhail ursus um also known as ursa major we'll talk about him a lot later he's sort of the hulk of the group then you have uh lania petrovna and Nikolai Kralenko, they are a brother-sister team. Uh, Lanya Petrovna is known as Dark Star. She is a a Thor-slash-Scarlet Witch-type character. And Nikolai Kralenko, the brother, is known as Vanguard, and he's your, your Captain America type of this group. And then the last member of the Soviet super soldiers, the main core group, because all of these groups have rotating cast members, is Dmitri Burkerin who is the 5th Crimson Dynamo. Uh, because one thing that we will probably talk about a little bit is that every time somebody dies from one of these teams, they just get replaced by somebody new but they go by the same name. It's so true. <laughs> so there have been like four Crimson Dynamos and and like six Red Guardians and a couple of Dark Stars and a few Vanguards. Well, I mean, to
1: be fair, that's we, as
0: we've said a lot of times in this show, there are multiples of every hero.
1: Though there mm-hmm. are multiples of every hero, I think though that's probably a little more like Marvel taking commentary at communism, because like mm. that whole idea of like no identity, you're for the state, so you're just the new Crimson Dynamo now. We don't care about the old one anymore.
2: And I would say like yes, Andrew is right that like Marvel does this quite a bit, mm-hmm. but in the short bit of like diving into the research that I think Matt and I have done, mm-hmm. this is extra guilty of it. Like oh, gotcha. like so way just, like, more guilty. Scale.
0: Yeah. So you brought up communism, so I think it's a good point to look at this in the context of history, mm-hmm. right? Because, you know, the bad guys in all these stories are either Germans or Russians, right? Yep. So help me under like are these are these these are clearly like superheroes. So were these like older these were superheroes they were making in the 70s or 80s or is this like much newer is this post-fall of soviet right
3: so Uh, go ahead todd i'll I'll field to you
0: well i was gonna say a
2: lot of mine have origins in like the 60s um so i mean i'm trying to see who where we got here yeah i mean a lot of mine are like 50s 60s so they kind of like hit their stride Mm. later um which i mean we'll talk a bit more about a couple individuals but i think a lot of them are going to have very similar storylines of created as a bad guy okay and then as history went on they became more of a good guy so
1: based on my knowledge of these trends too like 60s through 80s russians were the bad guys in pop culture and then like yeah 90s we stopped having russian bad guys and just having nondescript and or a Ray-Ban? Well,
0: Rocky is? 4, Rocky 4 f- finished the Cold War. Yeah. Yep, exactly. And then after everything all media post Rocky 4, Russians <laughs> could be good guys again. Well, and
1: then and then we did this fun thing in like the late 2008s where it was like, well we can't use like Middle Eastern bad guys cuz that's racist. So let's go back to Russians cuz we're not mad at Russia anymore, so now it's cheeky and fun. Yeah. And like that's when the big like Winter Soldier re- mm-hmm. like comics started coming back out and like Bucky's rebirth all happened in that fun time of like we can use Russians as bad guys because it's not racist, even though it still kind of is right. Because <laughs> yeah. that's the the number one rule of Hollywood is that you can't be
3: racist against white people, even if they have accents So it doesn't matter what the accent is. If they're white, you can't be racist towards them.
2: Might I remind you a few minutes ago, I believe we said that the British Avengers is the Pip Pip Cheerios, Matt. So I think we've just kind of proven our own point
3: here today. (laughs) So anyway, um, that's the Soviet super soldiers. And uh, they, again, like worked specifically for the Soviet union. So they were typically seen as villains in other uh, media, but Uh, and we'll get to this a little bit later, three people from the Soviet super soldiers, um, Ursa Major and Darkstar and Vanguard, at one point did a mission and then said, we're never working for the state again. We'll work on state teams, but we will not work explicitly for the state or the government again. Uh, And that comes back a little bit later on. So that's the Soviet super soldiers. The next group to be aware of is called Cyber Force, Um, and they just kind of pop in and out. You don't hear
1: a ton from them. Rudy Giuliani's in charge of that, right? (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Damn it. Uh... All right. um,
3: So the thing to know about the USSR in Marvel Marvel canon is that they viewed mutants as dangerous, and so they killed mutants as babies and children as soon as their powers developed. Like, as soon as any inclination of them being mutants came out, the USSR put them down. The first mutants in the USSR to officially be kept alive were the ones that became part of the Soviet super soldiers. But they were not the only mutants to survive childhood in Russia. The rest of those mutants, maybe not the rest, but most of those mutants became the Cyber Force, which is an underground mutant crime fighting force in communist Russia so the Russian X-Men y- yeah yes the Russian but, X- but also not
0: right when I, I was trying I'm trying not to look at my notes because when I start looking at the notes that we have I start reading ahead but I just did glance over and when I was listening to you say cyber force in my head it was just C-Y-B-E-R space force yes which is like but oh it is not. that's stupid no um, it's cyber force like S-I-B-E-R like Siberia yeah, yeah. Mm, that's <laughs> That's really stupid. (laughs) That's really, really stupid.
3: (laughs) Uh, Well, whether you call it stupid or clever, it exists. Uh, And the Cyber Force starts under the USSR, but they continue as a super mutant team post the fall of the USSR. So they start as more of like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles like, we're crime fighters, but we can't ever be seen. And then they become more of the X Men post fall of the USSR where, like, gotcha. they are they are detested by a lot of humanity, but they also don't necessarily need to hide underground. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, the other thing to note about the Cyber Force is that when Ursa Major, Darkstar, and Vanguard split away from the Soviet super soldiers and say, we're not working for the state anymore, Cyber Force gives those three sanctuary and says, you can come, like, be part of our group. We'll help protect you from the Soviet government. They Then they, like, bail out again. It's it's a little blurb that you see a whole bunch. It doesn't mean much. The next group is called the Supreme Soviets. They exist. All I know is that they exist. <laughs> I have yet to find much information about the Supreme Soviets other than that they exist. The, the Supreme Soviets are the Soviet super soldiers after the mutants left before the fall of the USSR. So, like... Soviet super soldiers were were the Avengers first. And then the Supreme Soviets were the Soviet Union tightening down and saying, this is our core. They are brainwashed for our communist state and they work only for us. Oh, I gotcha.
0: And I, uh, I hope you guys were in uh, incognito mode when you were searching for all this stuff. Oh, <laughs> well, we're on list. Yeah. You click
2: you <laughs> click uh, too many links off the Wikipedia and you end up. Uh... Google translating your page.
3: It only happened twice today. (laughs) Uh, The last group to know are the people's protectorate Uh, people's protectorate are formed from the Soviet super soldiers after the fall of the USSR. So the Soviet super soldiers split up and become cyber force and the Supreme Soviets. At some point, the guys from cyber force sort of reconvene, as the soviet super soldiers but without the state control uh the supreme soviets keep the state control and then the people's protectorate are the new soviet super soldiers not under state control after the fall of the ussr that is the most confusing thing i'm gonna say today so (laughs) stop me if it didn't make sense
2: i think it's good i think like it like you said this is like the foundation is the most confusing thing because it shows that Again, a lot of these heroes started as
1: villains and then shit has happened. And then a, then a state fell and they <laughs> had to restructure. So yeah. it, all, it all tracks. Yeah.
2: In the, in the weirdness of, it's, I guess this is kind of funny, in the weird obscurity that is comic books talking about super powered beings, the, we're getting caught in the weeds of like, well, here's the government agency that actually ran that. And here's mm-hmm. what was pulling the strings behind them. It's,
0: it's just what happens when, a, when, a, when an organization, when a country is subject to freedom and democracy, all of the bad people turn good <laughs> yeah. because of freedom.
3: <laughs> exactly. Ooh. Didn't like the way that tasted. Um, yeah, so <laughs> the other thing, I guess, that makes this more complicated is that the Winter Guard itself doesn't have a really plot out storyline until about 1998 2000 so all of these groups are groups that you see in the first half of a book of captain america or the first half of a book of iron man and they just kind of like pop in and out uh which is why it's kind of hard to map the trail through all of this
1: it was a a name they gave to like a collection of mini bosses for captain america to beat up on his way to the main boss like yeah that's yeah, it's not anything <laughs> mm-hmm. it wasn't anything until they needed to pull a name from history to name their new russian team yeah and so okay so with all of that said and oh i'm sorry let me
3: go through i've got the members of the people's protectorate when it is formed people's protectorate includes red guardian red guardian is the character that david harbour is playing um, I I did not get specific as to which Red Guardian this is, and I apologize. It's best for that. that you didn't, because I will. Yep. Um, <laughs>
2: <laughs> the answer may surprise you.
3: Of course, um, Vostok, who is a Soviet era synthesoid. That's a quote from the comics. He is basically like a Russian alien vision. What mm-hmm.
0: the fuck is a synthasoid? It's yeah, it's no, what it is Russian is. vision. Yeah, yeah, it's,
3: yeah. it's Russian vision. Um, Perun, who is Thor but Slavic uh fantasia perune 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 yeah Yeah. um fantasia a dire wraith alien with amnesia who is also an illusion magician and is absolutely an eldritch Horror. yeah um it's important
2: to know dire wraiths are like a pre like a reoccurring thing with a lot of these characters (laughs) that they are no like and this is stupid but like dire wraiths (laughs) i believe it's an alien species that like shows up and can take over their bodies it's important to one of the characters i talk about later
3: yeah they're like they're like eldritch horror yurks um to to tie it back to something we just talked (laughs) about um yeah and then the last member of the people's protectorate is airstrike which is just a new alternative name for crimson dynamo uh is crimson dynamo Mm -hmm. from soviet super soldiers they just call him airstrike now
1: I'm gonna put my bummer hat on one more time and just point out it's interesting that half of the the foreign Avengers are literal aliens too. That's uh, just <laughs> yeah, just something to note. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So with the foundation laid out,
3: let's move on to the Winter Guard and the equation that you need to calculate how we get here is that Winter Guard equals People's Protectorate plus Cyberforce. So you take the People's Protectorate, you toss some mutants in there, and you get the Winter Guard. And that is the Winter Guard that we're going to be talking about for the rest of the day. I have a question. Yes.
0: Do you... Okay, so do these superheroes fight supervillains that are also Soviet-themed?
3: Yes. Asterix. No. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> yes, they do. Uh, like, one of the first major fights of I think the people's protectorate, maybe the winter guard is actually to go back and take down Lord Phobos who has hauled up in a nuclear fallout zone in Northern Russia and is trying to spread nuclear fallout across all of Russia. Um, So they do fight Soviet villains. They also fight other like, world ending villains Um, and then they have they get in a huge fight with namor which we'll talk about later okay yeah uh because again namor is a dick and that's that's why they get in a fight with him basically he's
1: angry that his last name is mackenzie (laughs) wouldn't you be (laughs) you can stop me if i'm getting ahead is ivan Venko involved in any of these teams ever yes i'll be i'll be talking about ivan Venko. okay good nice all right
3: so after the
1: fall of the USSR, the
3: new Russian government decided they needed a team. That team was the Winter Guard, and that team consists of Red Guardian, also named Steel Guardian, Darkstar, Vanguard, Cybercat—not important, Vostok, Fantasia, Power Surge—also not important.
1: Cybercat spelled like Siberia, not yeah. not a digital cat.
3: Yes. Yeah, Power Surge um, something- spelled like the '90s drink. Yes, Todd. <laughs>
2: Some, something that's funny that neither of us end up talking about Vostok later, but I did a little bit of research. And apparently Vostok is also refer, referred to as Sputnik,
3: which is oh. just two on the nose. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> Who phoned that one in? Right. Yeah. yeah. So the Winter Guard in this formation made their first appearance in Iron Man number nine in October of 1998. Now they have made appearances all over the place but the winter guard itself has never had a full comic book run like the Avengers or like the X-Men. Uh, there has been a series that was called Hulk winter guard. Uh, and then there was also a three issue limited run called dark star in the winter guard um, that ran in 2010, but there's never been a full winter guard comic unless I'm wrong. And somebody can tell me in the comments.
2: I don't, I don't think, I mean, I did not see anything labeled winter guard. Um... So I
3: don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. And again, like I said earlier, the team changes pretty regularly, but anytime someone dies, they just get replaced by someone else under the same name. So the current team consists of Ursa Major, Crimson Dynamo, number five, Darkstar, who is Lanya Petronov, who died, but then got resurrected after the second Darkstar died. So it's Lanya Petronov, technically the third Darkstar uh Red Guardian which is the mantle currently being taken up by Vanguard who also died once and was resurrected Vostok See what I mean it's 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 a little Got obscene it.
0: Yeah Yeah so they're they're yeah they're they're uh mass produced which is a very like anti-communist thing
3: Yeah Yeah Vostok who is that uh Russian vision and then two interesting ones chernobog and Perun two actual Slavic deities, uh both in Marvel Canon Marvel Canon and out of Marvel Canon. And Red Widow, who is very mysterious, and I didn't bother looking up information about because all it said was Red Widow is very mysterious and we don't know much information about them.
2: Yeah, I um I did pull up <laughs> um some stuff if I can find it. I think the the short of it was like Red Widow was one of the last um like beings made out of the Red Room, which is mm. where like the assassins are trained mm. and is like like Matt said, extra mysterious and extra deadly. And that even though she is not the leader of the team, like she is like pulling the strings, like calling the shots. Cause she is that like focused and into it.
3: Yeah. Gotcha. When I, all I read about red widow made me think of, uh, I'm going to reference the suicide squad movie. So I'm sorry in advance, but if you think of Katana from the suicide squad movie, who is like just an assassin that walked around with the team but didn't really do anything with the team that is what i have learned that red widow is like rides the bus with the winter guard kills of her own accord red widow is a
1: dumb name it is a dumb name it, um I just phoned in so yeah is chernobog and perun their deities like thor is a deity right like they're on the same power level they would be on the similar power level of thor similar yes deities like thor but
3: of of sort of a different manifestation sure they're different different religions so to speak so yeah so different religions but also like they are on earth in a different way than thor is on earth and i get i talk about that later so i don't want to spoil it for now um but the answer to your question is coming what you need to know is yes they are very similar to thor they are they are gods like Thor, and the Asgardians are gods. They have been around as
1: long as the Asgardians, so on and so forth. But they're different in nature than the Asgardians.
3: Yes, definitely. Okay, okay. cool. Gotcha. Um, and, and that concludes section one of this podcast that I have titled What is the Winter Guard? Does anyone have any questions before I, I picture
1: Todd? Andrew, go ahead. So what is the Winter Guard then? <laughs> um, yes, as it as it stands in the <laughs> comics today, what is the Winter Guard?
3: As it stands in the comics today, the Winter Guard is a uh, Russian super team that sometimes works for the state but isn't state controlled, and consists of those people that I listed earlier. Got it. Okay. Yep. Cool. Um, they are they are the Soviet power of friendship. That is not an inaccurate way to describe the Winter Guard. (laughs) All right.
2: Well, so since Matt kicked off, what is the Winter Guard? um, The next thing that we're going to do is just run you through some of the characters that make up the Winter Guard. And we couldn't have this discussion without talking about David Harbour. Because David Harbour is everything. Now, um, so his character is the Red Guardian. As Matt had said, there's been like seven different Red Guardians. Um, The original Red Guardian was named Alexei Lebedev. Um, And so he first appeared fighting alongside, he appeared in a Namor comic, um, fighting alongside Namor and Captain America. And yeah, Mm -hmm. um, so he he did his thing and then he was just kind of killed off in the 50s. That's just a thing that happened. And then they brought in the second Red Guardian, Alexei Shostakov which is the character that David Harbour will be playing in Black Widow.
1: So literally fought alongside okay. Captain America like was this in the 40s like when Russia was still our allies and then it, as soon as they became our enemies we killed off this Winter Guard this yeah Winter Guardian Red Guardian.
2: So his his comic book um appearance was obvi- was like dated in 91 oh but, okay well, um yeah but yeah, like his... he wouldn't
0: be the the red the red stuff is all soviet stuff so he wouldn't be named he wouldn't have been named red guardian in in the 40s Well, oh, i mean
1: the soviet union yeah. existed came to be in the 40s we fought alongside the soviet union in yeah. world war ii
0: sure but was it was it was the red stuff we're getting off track <laughs> yeah since
1: <laughs>
2: since this was a story since these were stories that were set back then yes i understand he was okay. He was the Soviet counterpart to Captain America, like. It. But it didn't, That was what it was. It didn't
1: literally happen in. in no, that it timeline. did not happen in. This the was all written in the nine in ninety one.
2: Yeah. Okay. So I gotcha. so we've got so we've got that, um. So we've then got we go to the second. <laughs> that was the first Alexi. Now we have the second Alexi, Alexi Shostakov, um, who the second Red Guardian. This is who David Harbor will be playing. Now, in the comics. He is Natasha Romanoff's husband, Hmm. which is likely not the case in the MCU. Uh, And I mean, I'll kind of jump back and forth between what we know about his character in the MCU and what we know about the comics. So um, in the MCU, in some of the commercials we've seen, David Harbour refers to them all as family. And I think this is a platonic family, not like a bloodline family. I think it is a shared experience family. Hmm. Further, I think that is verified because... Uh, in Endgame, they actually say Natasha Romanov's father as Ivan, um, I believe is what oh, they say. Oh, yeah. Daughter yeah. of Ivan. Um, yeah. Yep. Hmm. And so, and she's like, I didn't know who my dad was. So, yeah, not actually, so probably not her husband, definitely not her dad, um, but in the comics, it was her husband. And so um, he was a test pilot, um, and They were both agents for the KGB. You're going to hear a lot about the KGB today. The KGB is just, like, pulling all the strings behind everything.
3: As the KGB typically does. As the KGB (laughs) typically
2: does. So, anyway, uh, it is... uh, He's one of the most acclaimed pilots, and so um, he was really active in World War II, and then um, he has his life... Or his death is faked by the um, KGB, and then they, like capture him and train him and do all the shit. And so, um, what ultimately happens to his character in the comics is that he is trained as the red guardian. Um, and the big, like the big, like ultimate moment is that he faces off with an ally against captain America and black widow who black widow thinks that her husband is dead. And then he reveals who he is. And like, you know, everyone's brain explodes. Yeah. Um, And then he is double crossed by the guy he was like teamed up with. And his death is that he is buried in lava when a volcano erupts.
1: Of course it was. But
2: yeah, Uh, I think what's important to note about him and a lot of the other uh, Red Guardians is none of them have special powers. They were all trained and very skilled in, you know, for this Alexi. Um, he's a famous pilot. He was trained in hand-to-hand combat with the KGB, but he doesn't have powers. Many of them use weapons, namely a shield that is very uh, picturesque—a mirror image of Captain America. But none of them have powers. Um, at hmm. least most of them don't.
1: Not even in like the super serum sense.
2: So, and that is kind of a next note because it is pretty strongly alluded. That in Black Widow, the movie, that this Alexi will have been part of okay. the Super Serum program, the, the like um, Winter
1: Soldier program,
2: or whatever. Yeah, it was, that, that, that all. Sorry,
0: excuse me, it's Cyber Serum. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs>
2: I, and I, I think this is one of those things where it is a, a, you know, deviation from the comic books, but it makes sense that if in World War II, America was successful creating a Captain America, Sure, that it would only make sense that the Russians would be like, we also can do this. Here we go. And instead of getting, like, yeah. a prim and proper Chris Evans, they get, like, a kind of sloppy, punchy David Harbour. So
1: <laughs> that's a big thing out of the Ultimate comics, which the MCU is loosely based on, in that, like, Captain America's creation sparked this whole, like, our our, like space race it was yeah, arms race yeah launched a, a super soldier race which like spider-man the hulk um and a f- and i think all mutants all are like for birthed in the ultimate comics out of the like super su- soldier race
2: yeah and i think that'll be i mean it just it makes sense that that would be like the through line here like i can't i mean i really can't imagine them not doing that like mm-hmm. i mean david mm-hmm. harbour's I'm sure his character Red Guardian is a very skilled combatant, but like give him, give him some super dad strength. Just give it to him. The big thing it does is it
1: cleans up a lot of messy continuity and yeah, makes it much more digestible.
0: Well, and we were talking about this before, but I've been telling these guys I'm, I'm coming pretty hard off of a a (laughs) agents of shield binge and that is, I mean, for, for people out there who haven't watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., that is the through line through the whole show is, so um, you know, the U.S. made a Captain America, we want one too, yeah. and everybody wants one. So in the context of the MCU, I mean, Captain America is the patient zero or is the, is the what do you call it, the big bang, so to speak, the metaphorical the geni- big the bang Genesis that sets point. off. Yeah. 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 It just sets all this shit off. Yeah. Well, and if you so think about it, sense.
2: in the in the Marvel universe, he was, I believe, the very first part of the Weapon series, which then leads ultimately to Wolverine being Weapon X. Yep. Yeah. Like and that's, that's the whole
1: thing. And that's all out of the Ultimate comics, where like Weapon X yeah. is an attempt to recreate the Super Soldier Serum. Mm-hmm. Iron, mm-hmm. like technically, Tony Stark was trying to make his own version of Super Soldiers with the Iron Man suit and that continuity. Um. So it all. Like like I said, I, Captain America is the genesis point. But
0: This is a digression, is a digression. but I need to know. <laughs> I, I was thinking about this earlier. Why haven't they, in 60 years, been able to recreate that? Like they, do they ever really get into that? Um, I know that,
2: at, well, if you think about it, uh, I believe it happened before, shoot, I can't remember because I, I watched Captain America so long ago, but I can't remember if the Red yeah. Skull tried it before or after him. Um, but that was why the Red Skull, at least in the cinematic universe, got all mutated and weird, is because he tried to use it. And I mean yeah. then the scientist was killed in the movie. So Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. then then Bruce Banner was another version of trying that yep. that
3: mm-hmm. serum. So I think it's just not been like dialed yeah, in. Yeah, I think right. I think yeah. there is definitely also some like hand wavy bullshit that it's, yeah. it's successful largely because it is Steve Rogers. Like, there was yep. something special about Steve Rogers that worked with the mm-hmm. Super Soldier Serum, which is why it's been so much more successful for Captain America than it has been for everybody else, because you had to be some squirrely, weird, patriotic nerd to get big, um, yep. basically. It right? amplifies <laughs>
2: characteristics of your personality, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, um, yeah. The 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 thing to take away, uh, so again... Red Guardian is effectively the Russian Captain America. That is just the easiest way to describe it. As Matt had said, the current iteration is Vanguard, who is the brother of Darkstar who had died and then came back. Um, Again, that is a thing we say a lot. And something else I'll throw in is, obviously, this person has the direct connection to the MCU. I would love to see more David Harbour when Black Widow is done. I don't have high hopes that he survives the movie. but after we get done talking or after, I guess I got done researching and we get done talking here today, man, what I would give for like a four or six episode run of just like the happenings of the winter guard on Disney plus. Oh yeah.
1: <laughs> well, well Todd, have we, have we seen any volcano footage revealed from? Black <laughs> Widow? Not, not yet. Well, um, then he I survives would... like, and, and, and the reason why I say
2: that is like, we'll, we'll talk about these characters and you know how they, to connect if they do but the reality is they're probably not going to do a winter guard going forward but it would be cool to do like an adventures of the winter guard from like 15 years ago 20 years ago like that would be excellent
1: that'd be rad i mean it's a big thing in the marvel comics to just like one and done everything but i i agree it would be fun to have all the alternate countries avengers popping up going Mm -hmm. forward
2: um, But that is the Red Guardian. You guys have quick thoughts or I'm going to toss it over to Matt because he's I can tell Matt's bursting at the seams for this
3: next one. Ooh, baby, I'm itching. I'm good. Now, let's do let's, it. Yeah, let's let's do not it. hold Matt back anymore. All right. Sweet. Uh, so the next person I want to talk about, I guess I should stay or I should say uh, I talked about the Winter Guard, Winter Guard. Todd talked about Red Guardian. The rest of this is Todd and I bouncing back and forth on a couple of members of the Winter Guard. Who we may slash may not see in the MCU Uh, It's just some flavor So let me introduce you to one of my all-time favorite Marvel characters Ursa Major Ursa Major Google it right now Yeah, Google it right now Uh, Make sure you put Marvel at the end Or you will get a picture of a constellation Uh, Ursa Major Human name Mikael Ursus
1: Mikael Ursus
0: Is he just a bear man? He's a
1: bear man is he a man, bear, pig? I've never seen a bear
2: with abs before. This is
1: I ha- love him. Is he half man, half bear, half pig? He's largely just bear. No, he's just bear.
0: He's like he's like the bear. He's like Kuma from Tekken. He is. I love him. Oh,
1: what's the? Has anyone seen the the D and D meme of Sir Barrington, the bear with yes. like super high charisma?
0: Yes. Ah.
3: <laughs> uh, okay with all of that said uh, it's time to move into my favorite man bear ursa major and we will get to that right after we all take a quick pee break
0: my favorite man bear is my favorite 50s era
2: sitcom yeah. <laughs> how many I,
3: I mean do you have like a second favorite man bear
2: <laughs> this listicle is top five man bears
1: <laughs> number three may surprise you <laughs> Oh, God. Okay. And I think we found a title for the episode. (laughs)
3: And welcome back to our discussion of the winter guard for you. It has been 60 seconds for us. Approximately four days. I'm going to talk about Ursa major and I haven't read these notes in a little while, so I'm sorry in advance. (laughs) If I screw something up
1: four days in which Todd grew two weeks worth of beard,
3: you know, (laughs) in quarantine, nothing matters. All right. So, uh, let's jump in with Ursa major again, my favorite man bear, uh, Ursa major, real human name, Mikhail Ursus. Uh, He was one of the first Soviet mutants not killed when his mutation manifested. And that isn't necessarily because his mutation manifested and the Soviet Union was like, oh, look, a bear, we should keep this one it was because his mutation manifested and his parents were like, you get the fuck out of here and sent him to go live in the woods with some animals for a little while. Reasonable. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ursa Major, the man bear, raised by animals in the mountains for a little while. But when he was discovered by the Soviet Union, they determined t- that he would be one of the first mutants to be used in their Soviet super soldier program. And he was sent... To be trained by Professor Phobos to use his mo- mutation for the state. Professor Phobos is that guy we talked about who sucks the powers out of the mutants that he's training. He's like an evil Professor X kind of, but more like with Bane powers. It's a little weird.
1: When when you say he sucks their powers out, is this like a, a Kevin Bacon in first class? That's what I was type kind of power, of or is it a more a rogue type power?
3: Right. So like. I don't totally or know. Or somewhere
1: in between.
3: Okay. I think it's it's kind of somewhere in between. I didn't find a lot of details about how exactly he sucks their power out, just that he does and not a lot of mutants survive his training because he drains them of their power. Gotcha. And Professor Phobos has kind of like kind of like cartoon Bane, not so much Dark Knight Bane. Um, but cartoon Bane who has the tubes that go around him and into him. Oh, uh, sure. Professor mm. Phobos gets pumped with mutant power juice into his person. And of course. That gives him powers oh. or whatever.
1: Mutant power juice, yes. Yeah.
3: And like that My favorite one of point... drink.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> new new product from the power thirst line. <laughs> when Darkstar and Vanguard leave Professor Phobos's like compound, he gives them A shield and a sickle and like a gem or something that are supposed to be things that help them use their powers, but they actually secretly siphon their powers and transfer them to Professor Phobos. I don't know. It's very, very hand wavy. He just does.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Cool. I'm glad. I'm really glad they didn't break their backs over this one.
2: <laughs> well, so I I did, went looking real quick. So Kevin Bacon's character Sebastian Shaw
1: is seba. Yeah, is supposed to be Sebastian Shaw's. He's it.
2: like. I mean, he's like the Nazi version of this. So again, oh, okay. much like much like there is Russian Avengers and like Canadian Avengers and everything else, they must just have a different token bad guy whose job it is to suck
1: powers. Heroes powers.
3: Yeah. Right, right. Uh, So we talked a little bit about how the Soviet super soldiers and and stuff, they like broke up a couple of times and different people joined the group. So there was one moment that Ursa Major, Dark Star and Vanguard, who were three mutants trained by Professor Phobos, decided they weren't going to work for the state anymore. So they dipped out and they joined up with Cyber Force, which is the underground Soviet mutant team.
1: Led by Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: yeah, so he was with Cyberforce for a while, but he rejoined the Winter Guard post fall of the USSR. So when the Soviet Union became Russia, he joined up with the Winter Guard, still vowing to not work for the state. But he kind of does work for the state sometimes. But he'll tell you that he doesn't work for the state
1: in the way in the way that like when Captain America after. Civil War, Captain America wasn't working for Shield anymore, but still mm-hmm. was at all of these SHIELD hot sites doing weird Shield extraction things. Like Yeah,
0: and like how the KGB doesn't exist anymore, even though the KGB totally
3: exists. Well, gonna have to edit that edit that out. Can't say that <laughs> on the internet. <laughs> uh so yeah, he rejoins the Winter Guard. Um, thing to note about Ursa Major that's not really totally important. He didn't lose his power after the M-Day Decimation storyline. So when all of the other mutants had their powers taken away, he was one of the 10% or whatever arbitrary number was it that maintained their mutant power. Uh, so he just kind of like hung out as a bear for a while. Don't we all? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, he has a bunch of storylines. Ursa Major just kind of pops up. I think that we said at one point, Uh, he's sort of the token character to show you this conflict is in Russia because Ursa Major is there. Um, So some of the hot (laughs) hits that he is a part of, uh, he investigated the death of the Abomination when Abomination was killed by Red Hulk in Russia. Uh, He repulsed the Lady Liberators. He fought with War Machine against a Skrull invasion of Russia. He faced down the Remont Six and he mentored the second Dark Star. Um, you know, there was, there was Dark Star, and then Dark Star died, and a new Dark Star became
2: Dark it's Star. A, <laughs> There's more. There's always, it's a Russian doll situation. It's yeah. Dark
1: Star all the way down. Literally, because yeah. we're in Russia, yes.
3: Yep, uh, so Ursa Major was the mentor of Dark Star number two, and yeah, that's kind of his storyline.
1: He's Russia's Wolverine. When, whenever, whenever a story takes place in Canada, they show you it takes place in Canada, by having wolverine being out in the in the wilderness somewhere (laughs) he is absolutely russia's wolverine not only is he russia's wolverine but
3: mikhail ursus is like russia's logan like he Mm. fits both halves of that character very very well yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so everything's fine in the life of ursa major until one day he just gets put in jail um the the reason he got put in jail is because reasons like because <laughs> he turns into a giant bear that crushes things. Uh, he was accused of some sorts of treason. Uh, it's not clear bearing arms. Get out,
1: Todd. Mm, he was Good. yeah. He was guilty of being a mutant in Russia. Like interesting yeah. that a man
0: that turns into a bear would be imprisoned for white collar crimes.
3: <laughs> uh, yeah, you know the the Russians just decided it's time for you to be in jail. So they arrested him and he spent a couple of years in a Russian gulag. Uh, in that Russian gulag, he had a fight with Bucky Barnes, the Winter Soldier. Of uh, course, cool. Yeah, right. And uh, they beat each other up in prison for a while. Then, after he'd been in prison for a bit, he was pulled out of the Russian Gulag and he was recommissioned to the Red Room to save the memories of the Black Widow clone. Uh, Or at least he did save the memories of the Black Widow clone. That wasn't exactly what his purpose was. And this is comic storyline. So in the comic storyline, Natasha Romanov, the Black Widow, dies... And in the red room, they decide to recreate a clone Black Widow, but not tell that clone that it's a clone. Just let it assume that it is still Natasha Romanoff.
1: That's what you do when you have a clone.
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, N- Natalia Romanova, as <laughs> as she is na- no, and that's real. I'm yep. making this up right now. <laughs> not yeah, and so Ursa Major did not approve of the fact that they were just gonna like whitewash this. Uh, second Black Widow and so he preserved the memories of the first Black Widow, implanted them in the clone, and also explained to the clone that she is a clone and not the original Black Widow. I'm not super sure why.
2: (laughs) If you're curious as to who killed the original Black Widow, it was an evil duplicate of Captain America, so I bet that probably may not have been your first
3: guess, but would have made top 10. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so after that, uh, he is rearrested in Siberia and then becomes the world's drunkest bear. Uh, apparently, after he is rearrested, <laughs> he just spends all of his time Red, drinking. The best alias to acquire <laughs> ever. <laughs> I stole that alias directly out of a page from Avengers Volume 8, uh, where they have like all of the Winter Guard around and they're all described
1: with different little nicknames. And his is world's drunkest bear once again solidifying him as Russia's Wolverine like <laughs> yeah. yeah
3: 100%. Uh so after he is rearrested, he is brought back out of prison to rejoin the Winter Guard to fight against the Defenders of the Deep and this is like I think the most recent major story plot that the Winter Guard has had. Uh the Defenders of the Deep is a fighting force put together by Namor to quell human activity in the oceans and they attacked like a Russian battleship, which irritated the Russians. And so they sent the winter guard, I believe along with the Avengers, with the Avengers to fight the defenders of the deep and earn back man's right to the ocean or whatever. But I don't know. Ursa major was there,
0: (laughs) you know, like I'm thinking about it and I feel like, Namor is like the Kevin Bacon of superheroes, whereas like he's always connected. He's never like the starring role. Like he's never he's never featured, but he's always there. Yep. Like, do you think there's one superhero we have we've talked about more than Namor on this stupid podcast? <laughs>
2: Namor's always I, I think you're right though. He's always on the periphery of whatever we're talking about, unless we're mm-hmm. talking about his 13th year.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then he is he is the pro tag. But like, but he's always like just there.
1: It's yeah. so weird. It's because he doesn't have anything else to do. <laughs> yeah, I guess. it's because yeah. story they want to include him because he's popular, but stories about going underwater get really boring They're after boring. you tell them fourth the fourth time. So you can only
3: I guess you can only do so much in the bottom of the ocean. Anyway. Well-
1: And Namor is, like, kind of a douchebag
3: edgelord anyway, and I feel like there's somebody at Marvel who has watched Aquaman be made fun of for, like, 60 years, and they're like, maybe if we just don't talk about our Aquaman so much, no one will dump on him for how nerdy of an idea Talks to Fish is.
2: (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, if you remember um, the Secret Wars sidebar, like, that was the thing. Namor was with the bad guys for a while. Was like, nah, like, we're gonna do what we have to do, and... Sucks to suck everyone else. Yeah.
1: Well, and and having having that the smarmy like douchebag character turn and help the good guy mm-hmm. is a, in the third act is is yeah. fu- a fun story to tell every time, yeah. which is why he keeps showing up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Yay, Namor's here. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so there are your quick hits on Ursa Major, Kyle. You really summed it up well, saying that he is Russia's Wolverine. He plays that role for the Winter Guard as well. Like when he's there, he's sort of the de facto
1: leader, but when he's not there, he's really not there he He kind of force gumps his way through all of russia's marvel events, yeah, and he <laughs> <laughs> he mentors some
3: people, he pisses off other people, sometimes he punches the bad guy, sometimes he punches his friends, he's the world's drunkest bear. <laughs> <laughs> but a question that i have for you guys that i i would be remiss for not including in this silly podcast that we do is the ever popular casting question who would you like to see portray ursa major actual human man bear in the upcoming black widow movie if he was included in that movie
0: uh my pick is dolph lundgren
3: that's that's really good like Dolph Lundgren now or would you age back no Dolph Dolph Lundgren
0: Lundgren now no no now
1: (laughs) I mean so you have to go through like 10 photos of just a bear before you find what human um Mikula Mikkel Ursa looks like yeah and he looks exactly like Dolph Lundgren, because that was our only reference point in the 80s for what a <laughs> right. russian man looked like <laughs> who's not even russian he's Scandinavian. he's swedish no. yeah yeah yeah
3: man
2: well i mean that's the whole thing we've said before like you know you you can't be racist against white nationalities like yeah. it's you know <laughs> especially me having having that kind of descent in me like i feel confident saying that they look the same yeah
3: yeah and like yeah, I'll give it to you. Dolph Lundgren looks really good for 62. I googled Dolph yeah, Lundgren 2020. He mm-hmm. looks great. I mean, <laughs> <That's>... look, if... <laughs> I get, like, a political, like... <laughs> look, never if, mind.
0: If they, can, if they can do it for uh, for
1: Mickey Rourke, they can do it for Dolph. <laughs> do,
3: it for Dolph. Uh, Kyle... <laughs> do it for Dolph.
1: Hashtag do it for
3: Dolph. Kyle, who is your pick?
1: All right, so I'm going to go a little um, on the outskirts here. It is um, my pick to play... Ursa Major is uh, comedian Bert Kreischer. <laughs> I know that name.
3: That's really Hang good, on. Kyle. Kyle, oh, that's, that's so good. Really
1: good.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. Okay.
2: <laughs> he uh it's definitely in the same vein as like David Harbour is washed up Russian Captain America. This yeah. is washed up Russian bear fighter. Well, yeah. I really
1: I really took world's drunkest bear and ran with it. Um <laughs> Because his top image searches all solidify that title for this man. Wow. Yeah, that's my pick. Comedian Burt Kreischer. That's really good. Uh, Todd, do you have a pick? Um, Man, I just, and this isn't
2: the right answer, and I get that. Your answers are way better. In my head, I just couldn't stop imagining Kevin James turning into a bear and trying <laughs> to fight
1: something. <laughs> <laughs> and...
2: And it's really, it's been there for a while and like nothing else will come out. So it's, it's (laughs) Kevin James. It's sorry.
1: Kevin James, Russian cop.
2: (laughs) I don't know if Kevin James can do a Russian accent. I hope it's bad.
1: We'll watch two (laughs) and a half hours of him trying to though.
3: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So for the longest time, my pick for Ursa Major has been, and I'm going to fuck this name up, uh, half Bjornsson. Uh, who is the guy who played the mountain in game of thrones oh okay yeah that was my long time pick for ursa major but i also thought for a really long time there's no way they're gonna put ursa major into any mcu movie and definitely not into this black widow movie until i was doing research for this and i was talking to todd about it turns out it's pretty much confirmed that he is going to be in this movie and he has already been cast uh, so if everybody oh, wow. real quick could look up uh Oliver Richters, and I've got it in the notes. It's actually spelled like Olivier. Olivier Richters.
1: Olivier. It's probably Olivier. Olivier.
3: It is Andy's probably Dutch. Olivier. Uh yeah. So here's some interesting things. First off, Olivier Richter's world's tallest bodybuilder. That man is seven foot two. That man is seven foot two without shoes on. His God-given height is seven foot two. <laughs> Fuck. This dude is a brick shit house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um to put that into perspective for you, Halfbore Bjornson, who played the Mountain is 6 foot 9. Uh oh. so this guy is a full 5 inches taller than the Mountain. <laughs> Jesus.
1: <laughs> yeah. He is he is absolutely the perfect man to play a man bear. Right. He's also the founder and CEO of Muscle Meat. <laughs> He absolutely oh. is. I wasn't going to let this podcast happen without talking about muscle meat. Hashtag muscle meat. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, muscle meat is your, uh, your go-to product. <laughs> <for> <laughs> word of the day. I don't have this bit planned out. If muscle
3: meat wants to sponsor this podcast, I'll talk about muscle meat. But here's the thing about... Uh, Olivier or Olivier, or Oliver Richters. Definitely not Oliver Richters. At least 100% that not that. But no, please continue. No, in my brain, it's Oliver Richters because I want to know a seven foot two man who shares the same name as my cat. Uh, but <laughs> Oliver Richters posted a couple of things about being in the MCU on his Instagram page. Uh, and I think at one point, like, used the hashtag Ursa or something like that. It hasn't ever been confirmed who he's actually playing, but if you go on IMDb... (laughs) But there's
1: no way he is not playing.
3: (laughs) Uh (laughs) Right. Who else could he possibly be? Um, But if you go to his IMDb page, he is in Black Widow, and he's credited as muscular gulag inmate. And if you remember that time, I said that Ursa Major spent a while in a Russian gulag. Um, Mm -hmm. It's probably going to be him. So he is probably going to be in this movie. It's probably going to be played by this guy. And that guy is definitely seven foot two. And I just need to reiterate that one more time.
1: Uh, If they only have him in the movie to like wear a name tag that says Mm. Ursa and not do turn into a giant bear, I'm going to be really mad now. I feel like though that, I mean, that's a pretty big stunt cast.
0: Like this, he's like a big deal, dude. Like Mm, if you're going to cast somebody like that, just for like a one-off, you know, Easter egg that seems wasteful. yeah, mm. so
2: I'm go ahead go, Tom. You, well, I was gonna say I'll put it in the in the category of granted, like we already kind of know this is coming, but I can't imagine they don't do some sort of cool reveal, even if they don't like, even if they don't talk about what's going on, it's like a wink and a nod of uh, Red Guardian being like, "Oh, I've got to go get a friend or they're busting Red Guardian out or something. And like suddenly in the background, this happens like him as a dude bouncing people off a wall, but then he turns into a bear. Like (laughs) I'll, I'll give it the same level of, you know, they kept the red skull, a big secret reveal in infinity war. And Mm. I would, I would think this will be another transformation reveal that we'll know nothing about until we actually see it play out.
3: Yeah. So I think everybody knows that some things from the black widow movie will continue forward and be part of the MCU future. And we also all know that that's not going to be Black Widow, Natasha Romanov, Scarlett Johansson. Uh, And I don't think, A, that... Well, I didn't think that Ursa Major was going to be in this movie. And B, I never would have thought that Ursa Major was going to continue through the MCU. But now, I'm pretty convinced that not only is Ursa Major going to be in Black Widow he is going to be the first mutant in the MCU, mm. and he is going to come back in some capacity later on. I don't think he's right. going to be part of the core lineup that we see in a bunch of movies, but I think that much like Red Skull, he's going to be a pretty big reveal in Black Widow, and he will come back up later on. This is so off
0: topic. Do humans
3: not count as mutants? Not, no.
1: no. No, that was a specific like route the MCU did because they didn't okay. have the rights. Oh, because that was mutants. their workaround. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And 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 Quicksilver and Scarlet Witcher are in this canon properties of the Mind Stone, so Yeah, okay. and and they could and I
2: mean and they could go to they could go the way of like everyone has like mutant genes latent in them mm-hmm. that become activated basically what the inhumans talk about anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um but yeah, I mean I even if nothing else i could still see them doing what we already said comic books do where like they show a, a global war taking place and you see a bear throwing people in the back like yeah, that's, <laughs> that's russia only in
1: the mcu <laughs> that's 100% how i think they're going to use ursa major going forward as just like russian setting
2: <laughs> i would also say i mean i still have chips in the on the bet that um red guardian dies in this unfortunately but i would love to see even if it's like a six episode run on Disney plus of just the adventure of the winter guard before red guardian got like fat oh, and like yeah. show that me, fun. show me just a six episode run of the winter guard doing winter guard shit.
1: I didn't even think of that. Um, Bucky, Bucky and Bucky and Ursa major fight happens in, um, Falcon and winter soldier, the show. That's my prediction.
0: Oh, that would be
3: mm. awesome. What if? Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So that's what I've got for Ursa Major. Andrew, did you have something else you wanted to throw in there? Uh, no.
0: Well, I was just going to say that, that you could do a really cool like 90, like early 90s, late mm-hmm. 80s, like follow the Soviet Union era mm-hmm. um, time. Like uh, what do you call it? Like a uh, period piece. That'd be that'd be pretty rad.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Uh, but that is all I've got for Ursa Major. Um, Todd, I will toss it back over to you.
0: Yeah,
2: so I'm gonna talk about the Crimson Dynamo, who we kind of spoke about a little bit earlier. So earlier, Matt had dropped the name Anton Venko, which I think um, either you Kyle or you Andrew, one of you, had asked, like, "Oh, is that tied to um, Ivan Venko?" Well, yes, it is. So uh, Anton Venko was the very first Crimson Dynamo, which the Crimson Dynamo, much like a lot of the things we're talking about today, this is the Russian Iron Man. Yep, It's Russian <laughs> Iron Man, everyone. Yep. <laughs> and if you, even if you Google it, you'll see his early armors are goofy and bulky like early Iron Man armors, like the whole thing. Now, Anton Vanko had a son named Ivan Vanko, and so that is the name that you recognize from before. Uh, effectively, in Iron Man 2, um, they kind of mash up uh, the Crimson Dynamo and Whiplash to be like one bad guy
1: they name drop anton Vanko in iron man 2 as well like yeah. he mentions his father
2: what they do is mickey rourke's character is ivan antonovic Vanko. oh yeah okay so so mm. they basically like can they never i don't think they ever actually call him whiplash um no
1: because they avoided using names and for a, until later than that they avoided using names like that for a while
2: yeah so i i think they kind of did like a character merge but the reality is like um, even then, th- like you said, Kyle, they had still said that Ivan's dad's name is Anton, um, who was a scientist who worked with Howard Stark to create the arc reactor. So like mm-hmm. the the setting is already there in the MCU. So this this character exists or doesn't exist, depending on how you want to how you want to, f- you know, frame it. Um, so effectively, the origin of the Crimson Dynamo, we've got a Russian Iron Man who is told to sabotage Stark Industries and defeat Iron Man cool we there there we did that we did that already (laughs) yeah um and his his you know he's got a big red suit uh he can control electricity he fires bolts of lightning awesome he fights iron man uh wouldn't you know it he gets defend. or he gets defeated and then much like a lot of the other heroes we talk about he ultimately they become friends so you know (laughs) that happens and again like a lot of these other similar stories he is then captured by KGB agents, uh, including the Black Widow, because you know the Black Widow is everywhere. Um, and he <laughs> the ends Black up Widow saving... is in all of us. <laughs> yeah, the Black Widow was was inside us the whole time. Um, but he saves Iron Man by sacrificing himself, um, because friendship. So there have been over seven different iterations of the Crimson Dynamo. Um, the the most popular one, um, is Dmitri Bukharin. Um, or or Bukharin, I'm not sure how you pronounce it in the end. Um, The fifth Crimson Dynamo, most well-known, longest running. Um, He was given his armor by the fourth Crimson Dynamo, or he was given the armor of the fourth Crimson Dynamo from the KGB, because the KGB is, again, just like the through line of everything we talk Mm -hmm. about. Again, as with every story about the Crimson Dynamo, he becomes an ally of Iron Man, and then he ends up joining the Winter Guard I you know and I think if we're talking about how this could potentially show up in the MCU if we did like the 80s 90s flashback you could end up getting what was Mickey Rourke's um, father like playing the Crimson Dynamo mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if if we were doing something going forward you'd probably get one of the further along Crimson Ni- Dynamo's possibly Dimitri but yeah there's not uh, there's not a ton to him except again he is the russian iron man and i think that's pretty neat um all of his armors just kind of like follow the trend of how iron man's armors evolved but
1: always are just very russian the the crimson dynamo is always like not as good and more dangerous than iron man's armor like that's always the the trade-off there is like yeah it's gonna Mm -hmm. blow up in five minutes but if but if he kills us before, then like we can't stop him. It's it's always mm-hmm. the case when you do the Russian comparison.
0: Lower lower quality, but cheaper components and more mass produced. Is that what you're saying, there, Kyle?
1: Yep. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
2: the I think you know, like since we're talking about if they're going to show up or not, um, I don't see unless again we get like a neat flashback or something in Black Widow of uh, the Winter Guard. I don't foresee us getting anything out of this. However. Um, knowing that we've got this like somewhat dangerous, potentially erratic scientist character, um, if we were to cast them into the MCU, do any of you three have ideas? Because I've brought up Crimson Dynamo before, and back then I said it needed to be Jason Manzukis, and I still stand by that. I want I want Rafi to be <laughs> Crimson Dynamo.
0: Why why, why? <laughs> Why is he Crimson Dynamo? Is that character like I don't know a lot about this character. So this is like harder to harder to cast. But
2: I, I think like I mean, and I don't know much about Dimitri's character. Um, But when I think of the Russian Tony Stark, I think it has to be someone with erratic features.
0: OK, that's fair. Yeah.
1: Wild eyes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. An unkempt beard. <laughs> yes, I I get it. Can I just cast Mickey Rourke again? Just one, yeah. one more time around.
0: Yeah, we're our winter guard is gonna be all like elderly actors. <laughs>
1: yeah,
3: to continue the elderly strain, I've got kind of a weird pull. Um, but I wanna tag in Chuck Liddell, former UFC <laughs> fighter, Chuck <Yeah>. Liddell. <laughs>
0: that's that's where my mind is going. <laughs>
3: that's what I want my Crimson Dynamo to be, especially because oh, man. after I dug and dug for pictures of Dimitri Bukarin. I finally found one of him taking off the helmet and he's got this crazy-ass mustache. And yes. so I want Chuck Liddell with this monster Orange County handlebar mustache.
0: Um, I'm going to, to cast... Now, this is a little tougher because it's not a real person, but I'm <laughs> going to cast Soda Popinski from Punch-Out! That's what I'd, yeah. I'd <laughs> like to hear again. I love
1: you. Start. It's gonna be kind of hard because he's not a real person. So that's a good start. They're gonna animate this Punch Out character into every movie <laughs> now for Andrew.
2: You're right.
0: <laughs> I mean, whatever. There's a man bear. Who
1: cares? You're right. Rules are rules. Don't exist. <laughs> Nothing is real.
2: I looked up famous Russians, thinking that that would get me some sort of a list. It's not mm, worth your time.
1: No, it's probably all. Uh, all the first gymnasts.
2: two are Putin and Rasputin. Are the first two they get. <laughs> well,
0: you. I was. Don't 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 spoil Rasputin because I'm gonna use him next. <laughs>
3: It's funny that you googled Famous Russians because I just googled Expendables cast. Oh. Uh,
2: For a second, I couldn't remember where the Expendables cast ended and the Wild Hogs cast began. And so in my head, Tim Allen was coming onto the list.
1: Oh man, if they were still making Expendables movies, Tim Allen would absolutely worm his way in there somehow. (laughs) And you know he would do that stupid grunt at some point, oh, yeah. there's no oh, way yeah. he would. Oh, yeah. Okay,
2: that's, yeah, that, is, that is the Russian uh, Iron Man, Crimson Dynamo. I'll go ahead and pass it back to Matt.
3: Great. Uh, well, now that we have talked about uh, Ursa Major, who is effectively Russian Wolverine, but as far as the Winter Guard and the Avengers go, is the Hulk, and we've talked about Crimson Dynamo and the Russian Iron Man, I thought I would talk about Winter Guard, Russian Thor. Uh, so let's talk about Perun. Perun, the Russian Thunder God.
2: What band is that? What, what what genre of band is that, everyone?
3: What did we decide? Perun, the Russian Thunder God? That's a Viking yeah. metal band. If yeah, I it, it can only okay. be Viking
1: metal. I don't know what other options there are. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds right.
3: Yeah. Um. So much like Thor is actually uh, part of Norse mythology, Perun is part of Slavic mythology. So in Slavic mythology, Perun is the highest god of the pantheon and is the god of sky, thunder, lightning, storms, rain, law, war, fertility, and oak trees. So he is your Zeus or your Odin figure in Slavic mythology. He is the son of Svarog, the god of sun and sky, and Lada, who is the goddess of beauty and fertility. He is also the father of Dasbog, uh, who is the god of light. And he, Perun, is the great-grandson of the first Slavic god, whose name was Rod, and Mother Earth, Erse. So he is the great-grandson of the two gods who began all of the gods in Slavic mythology. And uh, that through line is really pretty similar to his heritage in the Marvel uh, canon. A couple of changes here and there as to who goes in what order and who is the god of what, but that Slavic mythology lines up pretty well with the Marvel mythology of Perun. So he is a one of the divas or devas, I think is probably a little bit more accurate. The devas are the name of these Slavic gods, like the Asgardians are these Norse guards, Norse gods, excuse me. And like there is an Asgard where all of the Asgardians live, that's kind of like a pocket dimension or another plane uh, the Devas have their own pocket dimension other plane where they all hang out as well uh so Perun basically Thor he carries an axe, a hammer, and or a sickle, depending on the run and where it lines up with the Soviet union of course yeah um a a weird like backstory of Perun, the god that kept coming up, was in eight ninety three a d Uh, Along the banks of the Neva River, which I believe is somewhere in Russia, (laughs) Perun, the thunder god, was traveling with Chernobog, like the god, I think he's called the god of the black or something like that. Um, He's sort of like a destructive god uh, in Slavic mythology, sort of a Hades type. I don't think he's the god of death. I think he's the god of destruction, maybe more of an Ares. But (laughs) uh, Perun and Chernobog were en route to protect the Slavs from Thor and the Asgards. Uh, so Thor and the Asgards were attacking the Slavs. The Slavic gods were coming to protect their people from the the Asgardian gods. And on the way along the banks of the river, they were killed by Gore, the God Butcher, which is a name that has come up a couple of times.
1: Todd loves to talk about him some yeah. Gore the, Gor the God
3: Butcher. Yes, he does. Um, Gore the God Butcher, we never see him killing uh, Perun or Chernobog. They just find it's like Chernobog's head and the blood of Perun is all that they find along the banks of the, the Neva River. In 990 AD, Russian King Vladimir the Great converted to Christianity. This is in Marvel canon. This does also happen in... Real life, but I'm talking specifically about Marvel huh. canon. Uh, so Russian King Vladimir the Great converts to Christianity. He says, cut down this field of sacred trees that was sacred to Perun and the the Slavic gods and devas." After they cut down those trees, uh, I think in real life they pulled down idols and then like drug the idols through the middle of town or the statues of these gods. I don't know. Uh, but in Marvel canon, after they cut down these trees, Svarog, father of Perun, took the rest of the devas and said, if you don't want to respect us or honor our godship, we will ignore your existence completely. And they all noped back to Svarga. Svarga is the Asgard of <laughs> the devas. They took their ball and they went home. Exactly. They, they said, I'm done playing and good luck. And they dipped. So, fast forward to modern times. And by modern times, I mean circa Soviet Union, right? On the banks of the Neva River is this small town, this group of Slavs. It was the group that Perun and Chernobog were en route to protect from the Asgardians in 893 AD. There is this baker... His name is Valery Savloyev. Valery Savloyev becomes the mortal avatar of Perun, the god of lightning. Oh. Yeah, so Perun, uh, Perun the deity, is stripped of his godhood and is contained within an amulet. I think that that happened after uh, the god butcher thing. To be completely honest with you, I got a little lost in the weeds trying to figure out when he went from being a god to being a bracelet, but I know that it happened.
1: I'm sure hmm. that it was more a long gap in stories between appearances, and they were just like, he's an amulet now, because the story needs him to be. Right. So
3: Perun, the god, is contained within an amulet. That amulet is found by Valery Savoyev, and Valery Savloyev becomes the mortal avatar of Perun, um, although he is not necessarily mortal. He is kind of a demigod, um, but it's sort of a Shazam situation. Like this guy is both Valery Savloev, the baker, who acts at the will of Perun, but also can become Perun.
1: Yeah, it's it's the same. Mm-hmm. It's the parallel to thor's hammer where like if you take this amulet he's not he does not imbued with the power of thor anymore it's
2: well and that was the that was the original like thor original was like donald blake yeah yeah exactly mm-hmm. yeah like he would if he was disconnected from his hammer for so long he became wussy human person <laughs> donald blake
0: if he went more than two hours as a human he would be permanently <laughs> transformed into he a be- human
2: he became a shift manager at the local sunoco donald blake
3: Yeah, Uh, so it's never really stated why Perun uh, slash Valery Sovoloyev begins working for the government, but he was part of the Supreme Soviets, then he became part of the People's Protectorate, then he became part of the Winter Guard. He was recruited to the Winter Guard to take on the Defenders of the Deep, along with Ursa Major and Chernobog. Chernobog, that other god who was killed on the banks of the Never River, also kind of loses his godhood and becomes a, a... person inside of another mortal coil and is part of the winter guard. I didn't do a lot of research on Chernobog, <laughs> um, but they go fight uh, Namor and the Atlanteans cause they're being assholes. And the story continues. Um, there is also an ultimate version of Perun that is similar, but pretty significantly different. Um, he's bald and also kind of a villain, um, but He does fight vampiric nerd Hulk, king of the vampires.
0: (laughs) I'm going to need you to unpack that one a little bit. (laughs)
3: Um, Yeah, vampiric nerd Hulk, king of the vampires in the ultimate story. um, I think it's during the zombie arc. I don't totally know. There are vampires and smart Hulk gets bitten by a vampire, smart Hulk or nerd Hulk. Nerd Nerd Hulk wait. <laughs> like like Hulk Ruffalo. Um. Wait. I just
2: I've never searched this before, but um the first sentence so this is Earth sixteen ten, it looks like. Nerd Hulk has often been or Nerd Hulk, as he's been claimed, is a clone created by Tony Stark's older brother Gregory. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, comic books. Yeah, I don't go home.
0: I don't like I didn't like this before and I definitely don't like
2: it
1: now. So to, to shed some light, because I remember per, uh, Perun in the Ultimate comics. In the Ultimate comics, they keep you, the reader in the dark for a while if Thor is a mutant um, claiming to be a god or an actual outcast god. And Perun comes on uh, the scene to be the opposite of Thor and basically says like, no, I'm just a mutant. Thor's just a mutant. He's mortal like me. I'm gonna kill him. And then I think gets his shit kicked in or something. But um, the
2: best is the way that he's defeated. Again, <laughs> I skipped ahead to the ending of the article. Uh, Hulk's attack ended when Captain America teleported the entire Triskelion with Perun's hammer to daylight Iran where the vampires combusted uh, and then in the end. Captain America okay. hits him with a hammer blow to
3: the head.
1: Yeah. Good.
3: Perfect. Uh, yeah. So that is, that is Perun in the ultimate version. Like I said, he's bald and kind of a villain um, in in the regular comic line, the 616 line, looks exactly like Thor. Uh, a little bit shorter, a little bit stockier, a little bit more Slavic, but exactly like Thor. Uh, so, with that being said, who would you cast as Perun Slavic Thor god? I've, can I get a bad answer out of the way? Yeah, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, I'll
0: go. I'll go. Um, go <laughs> so, uh, like... Uh, let me submit to you one Grigori Rasputin, uh, born <laughs> 21st January 1869 as a peasant, um, most, most notably known to have been the reason that the uh, Romanov dynasty uh, was ultimately destroyed, which led to the series of events of World War I, and then subsequently the Soviet Union, or the Marxists
1: then turning into the Soviet so Union. So you're going to cast actual dead historical figure Rasputin. <laughs> That's correct. Marvel <laughs> MCU movie. It's good. Yes, okay. but
0: we're gonna make him look like Rasputin from the, the 1997 uh, cartoon adaptation of Anastasia, where he has a big scraggly uh, black beard and looks like a necromancer. That is isn't
1: what he looked like. I thought that was an accurate depiction of Rasputin. No, it, it is. There's a there's
0: a pretty pretty rough beard look rough beard pic in uh, Wikipedia here. Oh, okay. So yeah, that's that's my bad answer. You're welcome. Um, Okay,
2: well, then mine's better than that, but not by much. So I searched actors with long beards and was just like, man, let's see what we get. I can't get past this picture of Jim Carrey I found. And I would not cast Jim Carrey in this role, though I think he might do all right. Um, I did end up, there are a lot of pictures with Pierce Brosnan with really strong bearded features that, like, I I could see Pierce Brosnan. I could see him doing it, though I know what Matt's answer is, and it's way better. Pierce, Pierce Brosnan is my favorite James
3: Bond, so I'll give you bonus points for that. Kyle, who is your Slavic Thor?
1: Uh, Joe Mangliano is Ooh, my Slavic Thor. That's not bad. He mm-hmm. appeared in yeah. a, in a search, Google search I did of Slavic actors, and, and apparently he's Slavic. So There you go. And, and I think he's a good uh, foil for Chris Hemsworth anyway, so Joe Mangliano. Mm-hmm. So my pick is Ryan
3: Hurst um which you may not recognize but if you google Ryan Hurst you'll you'll see pretty quickly why yeah. uh he was in Sons of Anarchy he played Opie oh. um yeah. yeah i for like the most
2: crushing moment
3: on TV ever yeah for like 8 years of my life every time i i was out in public somebody would say do you know you look like Opie from Sons of Anarchy <laughs> and i'd be like i don't i don't watch that show and then i finally watched the show and i was like yeah all right i i get it okay um, and that guy is Ryan Hurst, and I think that he would be really, really good uh, as as a foil to Chris Hemsworth, as kind of a like downer and dirtier version of Thor,
1: the grungy Thor.
3: Yeah, <laughs> um, he's also in Walking Dead. Not relevant.
1: And remember mm-hmm. the Titans apparently. Yeah,
3: yeah oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, so there hmm. you go. There's there's my bit on Perun
2: so i'm going to wrap it up with our well, at least one of the last uh heroes at least the last one we'll talk about today so i'm going to tell you about dark star so matt had already mentioned dark star earlier uh Lania petrovna um so she debuted along with her brother um which her brother's name is nikolai uh they debuted in 1976 in champions number seven The storyline was, wouldn't you guess it, the man who created Black Widow, because Black Widow and the KGB are the through line of everything we do. Uh, The answer to that question is Alexi Bruskin, if you were curious about the man who created Black Widow, but that's fine. I wasn't, but thanks. Well, you'll be interested in this. In 1976, they debuted fighting against Angel and Ghost Rider. because what a weird team. Yeah, because teams were weird back then. I think... That was still a time where they're like, man, we've got all these heroes. What happens if we just like pick them out of a hat and put them on teams and call the teams champions and see
1: what happens? I really like that pair up just because someone thought they were really, really clever pairing yep. Angel yeah. with yeah, with the devil Angel character. And the devil, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'd watch that show. I'd watch four seasons of that show.
2: <laughs> so uh, Lania and both and her brother, um, who ends up becoming Vanguard. They're both mutants, uh, much like Ursa Major. Uh, her thing is that she has access to the dark force dimension and can pull energy from it. Uh, can pull energy from the dark force uh, to do whatever it is she wants to do. So, the dark force is much like uh, the speed force. Oh, it is so much she's, like she's ca- Green Lantern. chaos energy. She, yeah, she's Russian she Green is, Lantern. She is very similar to Russian Green Lantern. Oh, um, you have so that she, here in the notes. Okay, it's there in the notes. She so she can create uh, physical structures out of dark force um she flies using dark force she can teleport herself and others using dark force it's really just she can do captain marvel slash green lantern-esque things all because of the dark force um levitate fly at subsonic subsonic speeds um much like some of the other heroes we've talked about wouldn't you know it she was trained by the kgb and the black widow she was also part of that team with Ursa Major that ended up um, breaking good, and they, they kind of sided with Captain America and the Avengers for help um, and became um, the Winter Guard. Uh, so she ends up dying at some point. Um, Sasha Rorick appears as the new Dark, dark Star, and then, <laughs> unfortunately, due to plot, the Dark Force transforms that person into a multi-tentacled beast um, oh. made of pure Dark Force energy. <laughs> Oops. And, yep, wouldn't you know it? So she's killed. Then another Dark Star, this is the third iteration, Rena Stanikoff, takes the mantle, she dies. And then what we had talked about earlier, wouldn't you know it, that evil force that tried to take control of the former Dark Star's body is overwhelmed by our Dark Force energy. And then the original Lania takes back over control of her own body that she lost to start with. So... The current and technically former Dark Star is Lania Petrovna, um, and she is in the Winter Guard. And it just seemed like a really long get around of we liked this character, we killed this character. We're three more versions in. No one's interested in this person anymore. Whatever. Let's just like bring her back. Yep. I guess. Yep. Sure. It's it's some like Phoenix Force shit. Oh. Just you're you're back now. Yep. You're good. And yeah, so she effectively plays the. The Green Lantern, flying powerhouse, create shit, teleport people, fly around, roll in the Winter Guard. Um, Yeah. I don't there's not a ton about her, which is unfortunate, because she's just too busy dying and coming back as a new character Mm. and then ultimately coming
1: back again in the end. She's the the Captain Marvel role.
2: Yeah, yeah. So we're looking Mm. for strong, strong female lead who will punch, teleport, and create stuff. Um I don't know again if we're talking about would they be end up in the MCU be a cool flashback maybe a cool head nod uh, a wink in uh, Black Widow but I do not see them putting Darkstar into Black Widow but if they were to bring Darkstar to the MCU what actress would you want to see cast Andrew what dead Russian <laughs> <laughs> famous imperial person are you going to reference
0: uh well i already xed on my wikipedia tab so i was actually going to bring up a very real person uh, mila jovovich
2: oh yeah that's okay a really nice. Yeah, yeah
0: yeah i figured i'd get one real one in there
2: yeah that's a good answer that's a real good answer actually yeah. thank you okay let's
1: not get ahead of ourselves <laughs> um <laughs> kyle matt what are your thoughts um i i cast i went a little younger uh with florence Pugh. is that how you say that last name She's is, already yeah. in this MCU movie yeah, that is coming she's, up. She's, yeah. she's already in The Winter she Guard. She is the
2: new Black Widow in this movie that we're talking about.
0: That's probably why you thought of her, because Oops. she's that's already fair. in The Winter Guard. Because
2: she's already in the, the commercials for this movie. Well,
1: I haven't really watched any of the ads, so I... <laughs> that's okay. That's, they stopped
0: uh, airing the ads because it's and not going to come Zach, And she's dating Zach Braff, who's like 20 years older than <laughs> her right
1: now. I don't like that. Ooh. It's Ooh. true. Ooh. It's yeah. true.
3: That's not great. Um, I... Also think I have a good answer that is a person whose first name is Mila. I'm gonna go with Mila Kunis. Um, I think Mila okay. Kunis would be really good, and she's actually Ukrainian, which I didn't know, but doesn't surprise me. Oh, yeah. um my backup choice though is somebody else who's a little bit younger. like I think I think Mila Kunis is kind of a a good foil to Carol Danvers um slash the person who plays Carol Danvers. Fuck. Brie Larson. Brie Larson <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um But my other person I think is more of a uh more of a foil to Elizabeth Olsen slash Scarlet Witch, and that's Sophie Simnet, who hasn't been in much but was in the really bad Netflix adaptation of Daybreak. Um and I think that she would be a really good character to throw in there. Yeah, I don't know who this actress is. She's been in like a Disney Channel thing and a Netflix thing, and I okay. think that she has outacted both of the things that she was in
2: nice punching above her weight yep um my suggestion is evan rachel wood just because i've been watching a lot of westworld and
1: uh dolores could just murder a man and i would applaud well she does (laughs) she does murder a lot of people and and todd applauds in his living room he just he just (laughs) like shannon hates it he just sits there and claps to himself i go i go yes evan rachel wood Murder
3: that corporate stooge. <laughs> Murder that man.
2: <laughs> yeah, so that is, that is Darkstar. Um, she, she dies. She's replaced a couple times. They say, meh, and they bring her back with hand-wavy magic.
3: All right. I think that's really all we've got for the Winter Guard. I mean, we could talk about the Winter Guard for a long time, but it would only get crazier and more convoluted. Uh, I'll pass.
0: <laughs>
2: well, and as you all, as you all have seen, there's, there's a good amount of, you know what you like about the Avengers? What if we follow me? Give a hammer and a sickle to that character,
1: and change their costume yeah. theme to red. Yeah, to we red. slap
2: him with a red coat of paint.
0: Yeah, it's just like there's. I'm sorry, but there not There's not a lot here,
3: right? And it, I mean, it's the same with like. Well, I assume it's the same with like Alpha Flight, the Canadian Avengers,
0: yeah. and the yeah. other. Like
1: yeah, the other Captain
0: America with maple syrup drizzled. <laughs> I mean on. they they literally
1: they literally just use that shorthand so they don't have to spend an, a whole issue being like, "This is Dark Force." Here's all her story. Like you 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 understand yeah, yeah. like red guardian is it's a it's, a, it's a palette swap yeah, it's, it's a palette that's all it swap. is it's a palette so, sw- so that yeah, they yeah. can dive into the action and have fun
2: and maybe we're being a little too critical on it too because like they found well no they found a team composition of, i'm
1: like, not sure we're being that critical
2: <laughs> well, the coolest uh, thing about this is that uh, there's a man bear like okay, that's the, the coolest thing what, what i'm saying is like there is an equation to the successful superhero team and they said okay here is that equation again and here you it is it. in Canada
1: now, and here yeah. it is in Britain, and yeah, and we're yeah, good. but like that's storytelling.
0: I mean, there's a there's a team composition between the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Always Sunny in Philadelphia, but <laughs> at least there, <laughs> at least they all have their own wants and needs and abilities. Ursa, Ursa Major is Mac, is, is what yeah. you say <laughs> exactly. Is what I'm Master saying.
1: Splinter, Danny DeVito in this, yeah. Comparison? yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's what I'm saying. Okay, well, on that
2: note, uh, <laughs> thanks for listening in to another sidebar episode of Debate This. Follow along with the argument on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Debate this Cast, And check out our website at DebateThisCast.com. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review so more people can hear our nerdy, dumb show. Until next time, I'm Todd Thomas.
1: I'm Matt. Actresses named Mila all the way down, Cole. I'm Kyle, the American Wolverine Harper.
0: I'm Andrew. Totally going to reboot and Always Sunny in Philadelphia <laughs> spin-off using the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Henderson
2: saying thanks for debating with us. And if you think we're long, P- <laughs> if you think we're long, <laughs> listen to a different podcast. <laughs> oh, saying thanks for debating with us. And if you think we're wrong, then you can come fight us behind the swing sets, nerds.